Bourbon secondary market. I'm sure you've heard of it. If you want to know what it is and how it works, stick around. Hello, everybody out there in Bourbon Real Talk land. Randy Sullivan coming to you today for an interest topic. I've been getting some questions, and I thought I would just come right out and cover it. The bourbon secondary market. We're gonna talk about rare whiskey and how much it's really worth. So the first question is, why am I doing this? Well, I want to help my viewers. I know that we have a lot of newer people to the whiskey enthusiast world, and you probably have some questions. I want to start off with a little bit of a disclaimer and tell you that I do not condemn nor condone the bourbon secondary market. I also won't tell you whether or not I participate in the bourbon secondary market, okay? It's, it's, it's a personal decision for each individual to decide, but it's out there, it's relevant to the whiskey community, and so I wanna tell you about it. What is the bourbon secondary market? In short, it is where you can buy sell and trade bottles of whiskey. The private transfer of alcohol in the United States is illegal, okay? So technically the bourbon secondary market is a black market. Um, but with that having been said, in the most strict interpretation of the laws, it's illegal for you to give somebody a bottle of wine for their birthday, okay? Because that's the private transfer of alcohol. So there is a line uh, somewhere in there and uh, I don't pretend to know exactly where that line is. Uh, but anyways, the bourbon secondary market's out there. It is mostly on Facebook. Um, most of these groups are invite only. They are private groups. So you're not just gonna be able to go and search bourbon secondary market and find one. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that in a minute. All of these secondary markets have their own terminology. They have rules for transacting business and you have to read the rules and follow the rules exactly. And you can't just get in there and go willy nilly and start doing whatever you think sounds right to you because you will definitely violate a rule and you will definitely get banned and in some instances blacklisted if you do something that is bad enough. Blacklisting is where you get reported to other secondary market groups because most of the people who admin these pages know each other. And these organizations are generally self-regulated and the community has actually been pretty good at finding people who are not behaving properly. Now there are four types of bourbon secondary market participants. And the first type are what we call cost plus shipping, CPS. A cost plus shipping organization is one that the, the main goal is to help you find bottles that you can't get locally. And those people are not making any profit off of that typically. There might be a little bitty fee that you throw on like a five or $10 convenience fee just to say thank you to the person. But a lot of the, cost, the CPS groups, they don't even allow that. CPS groups typically don't last very long because as a concept, they sound great and the idea is I'm gonna help you and you're gonna help me. But what often happens in the CPS groups is you have the givers and the takers and the givers start to get tired of always giving and never receiving and they stop giving and the takers are just takers and then the group falls apart. But there are organizations and even sometimes on a you know regular you know trading group that allows buy they allow buying, selling, and trading. You'll sometimes see um, cost plus shipping opportunities on there as well. The second type of secondary market participant are traders. 
Now traders are individuals that are going to offer up a bottle for trade and those individuals are almost universal right because if you get into the whiskey enthusiast world you are going to build relationships and you're going to have a liquor store that's kind of looking out for you and they're going to call you and they're going to say hey i've got uh, xyz bottle and you know that it's valuable but you also may know that you don't like it or you may know that you already got one somewhere else and for whatever reason you don't need that bottle um, and so you may buy that bottle and then go out and try and trade it for the bottle that you wish that they had called you about. And most people in the enthusiast community don't have a problem with that. The third type of participant is the person that's building what I call their bourbon bucks, right? So same scenario, you get offered a bottle, maybe you don't like it, maybe you already have one, and you want to trade it but you can't find the person that has the bottle that you want. And so some people will take that bottle and they will sell it to whoever it is that wants that bottle and then reinvest the cash, right? And this is the transition that you go through as a whiskey enthusiast that drags you into the bourbon secondary market because at first you're like, well, I wanna respect the liquor store that gave me the opportunity to buy this bottle, so I don't wanna, I don't wanna flip it, I don't wanna sell it, um, but I, I, I really wanted something else. So I, it's okay if I trade it. And then you justify selling it and reinvesting the money. But the fourth type of participant in the bourbon secondary market is somebody that is a straight flipper. And for me, the difference between somebody building bourbon bucks and somebody flipping is what are they doing with the proceeds of the sale of that bottle? And if any of the money from the sales of bottles is going anywhere else in their life besides buying more bottles, then in my opinion, you're a flipper. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that flipping is a good idea. I think it's bad for the industry. I think it causes false demand. I think it causes bottles to end up in the hands of people that shouldn't have them uh, because their financial in interest is in making money. It's not in the whiskey. And so those are the individuals that, that cause a lot of controversy around the bourbon secondary market. I'm not here to judge. I'm just trying to explain to you why there's controversy, why it's illegal. Hey there, Bourbon Real Talk listeners and watchers. Randy Sullivan here. Wanted to take a quick break to tell you how you can support the channel. We've had a lot of people that have come into the Bourbon Real Talk family lately, and we're grateful for every one of you. But unlike a lot of other channels, we don't have a Patreon, and I don't allow anyone to sponsor the show. So what I do have, though, is some merchandise. We have Bourbon Real Talk hats. We've got Bourbon Real Talk t-shirts. Very soft, high quality. We also have Whiskey Wife t-shirts for the long-suffering significant others in our lives. We have full-size Glens for when you need an official whiskey tasting experience. We have Wee Glens for when, you know, you wanna drink a little bit less, maybe try a few extra samples. We have insulated tumblers for when you wanna drink incognito. We have full-size Glen lanyards for when you need hands-free access at a bottle share. We've got candles, including charcoal and tonka, leather, and Cuban cigar. We have one and two ounce whiskey sample storage boxes. And of course, we have the American Whiskey Aroma Kit for when you wanna step your whiskey game up and be able to break a whiskey down to its components. If you saw any of this stuff, you wanna support the channel, you can head on over to bourbonrealtalk.com forward slash shop and 
pick something up. But if you just wanna hang out here and learn, I'm totally happy with that as well. Just happy to have you as a listener. So let's talk about the current state of the secondary market because it's kind of messed up. So when the bourbon secondary market first started off, it was one giant Facebook group. The main bourbon secondary market was called bourbon secondary market. It was a public group. You could just go search and join it. There were 55,000 people the last time I looked in there. And it was actually kind of awesome because, you know, when it first started off, it was just buying selling and trading, right? Somebody would show a bottle, they'd say how much they wanted, somebody else would either buy it or not buy it, and that was it. And then some person invented fireballs. And so there's an Illinois state lottery, and uh, it, it, I think it runs more than once a day. Um, I've never done a fireball. I don't like gambling. I hate the feeling of losing money. But basically what happens is you take a bottle of whiskey, let's say it's a $250 bottle of whiskey, um, and you would, or that's that's what its fireball value is, right? And you, you would say, okay, there's 10 potential outcomes for this lottery, zero through nine, and I'm gonna allow you to buy numbers for $25 a number. So if you wanted to buy all 10 numbers, you were basically, you know, that's the buy it now price. And people started gambling to win whiskey. Right? And so they'll go, okay, well, I really like playing number three. So I'm going to buy number threes on all the bottles that come up for sale that I like. And there are people who believe that they have some special ability to predict what number is going to come out on the Illinois, Illinois State Fireball number. And that is silly. It's completely random. And the problem with Fireballs for me was is that the bottles tended to be priced about 20% higher than what you could just go buy that bottle for on the secondary market. But some people just like that feeling of gambling and they've got the money to blow. And then somebody invented buybacks. And a buyback is where if you win, you don't have to take the bottle. You can take some percentage of the total value of that run as cash. So now it's just like an actual lottery but you're not buying the lottery ticket, okay? You're, 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 just, you're just gambling for money. So after all of that stuff happens, COVID comes along and sports books shut down. And you used to be able to gamble on sports online, but when sports weren't going on, you've got all of these gambling addicts that don't have anything to bet on. And so you know what they started betting on? Whiskey. And that pushed prices even higher. It was so interesting because before the pandemic, a bottle of Pappy uh, 15 was about $950 shipped until the pandemic hit. And all of a sudden things went bananas with regard to pricing. I think that same bottle of Pappy 15 is like $1,900. It went up by $1,000 from $950 to almost $1,900, almost $2,000. So, So the question is, what should be done about it? And the one thing that I want to say, and the one reason why I felt comfortable talking about this kind of taboo subject on my channel is because the bourbon secondary market is as inevitable as gravity and the sun rising tomorrow. I don't care how passionate you are about it. I don't care how many people you say, hey, change starts with us. Don't sell bottles for, don't buy bottles for more than their MSRP. Don't sell bottles for more than their MSRP. It doesn't matter 
how true it is that if we all band together, it's never gonna happen. But what do the critics say? The critics say that you're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. But the people that have money um, didn't get there by looking at the greater good for everyone else, right? Uh, capitalism works because people are self-interested by nature and people are going to pursue the things that are important to them. And those individuals that have massive amounts of resources are probably created something that generates money. They probably believe in themselves and they probably think that their time is valuable. And when they find out that they can just go give somebody else money who did the hunting, who built the relationship and all that stuff and have what they want and stay focused on the thing that they think is their purpose here on earth, whatever their business is, and not get distracted from that, in their minds, they're like, hey, the world's going to be a better place if I spend my time doing what I'm great at and I can pay this other person to go do this thing that they're great at and everybody wins. And just so long as there's that self-motivated nature of humans, you're not going to get rid of the secondary market. doesn't matter what you do. So my opinion of what should change is I really think that people should stop flipping bottles. And I understand that that's not going to happen. Um, I, and, and I get that the people who don't care about whiskey but care about money, this is going to fall on deaf ears. But I'm telling you out there that if you're listening to this and you do truly care about whiskey, don't flip bottles, meaning if you sell a bottle, reinvest that back into a bottle that you want. Don't pay your bills with whiskey money, okay? Because you are legitimately part of the false demand out there that's causing this problem. And eventually supply will catch up and you may get caught with your hand in the cookie jar because you've been buying all of these expensive bottles to try and profit off of in the future. And it always happens, okay? When there's a boom, there's a bust and so on and so forth. Eventually supply will catch up and these bottles will be available for the people that want them, okay? And so if you're a flipper, stop it. If you're gambling, stop it. Um, the premiums are driving bottle values up um, it, the buyouts, I think the buyouts should just go away altogether. I mean, I, I get that people kind of see it as a communal resource. If we're going to do it based on a fireball, I can get the bottle that I want for a much smaller investment price than the total cost of the bottle. I've already explained why I don't think that's a great idea. But if you're doing um, offerings with buybacks, I think that should stop altogether. I'm totally against that. Um, and then the uh, consolidation of the secondary data would be my preferred path forward. And what I mean is what, what happened whenever the Van Winkles worked to get rid of the main BSM site is that everybody lost visibility of what bottles were worth. And what happens whenever you have black markets is the more factionated they are, the easier it is for somebody to manipulate prices because everyone's not aware of what would be possible in the other small groups. And so if we could bring all of the secondary groups back together and everybody could see everything that was going on, there'd be a whole lot less trickery and, and, and bottle price run up for no good reason at all. I think that that was a really big mistake on the part of the government shutting that down. I understand why they had to do it because it was uh, people were publicly and flagrantly breaking the law. Um, but since we can't get rid of it, the best thing that we can do is properly manage it and the fractionation it wasn't good. So the big question is, should you do it, right? And I'm not gonna tell you that you should, I don't wanna influence you with what I do, uh, but BSM is like, like Fight Club, okay? And the first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. So I can't tell you the names of any of the BSM sites that I'm personally aware of, okay? So if you do decide you're going to do it, 
you're gonna have to get involved in a whiskey community and you're gonna have to get to know some individuals close enough that you're able to ask them about secondary sites. And they're gonna need to feel comfortable enough with you that they are willing to kind of sponsor you because as I've said, these groups are private. You only can get in through an invite. And so there's really no other way around it. The other thing we need to realize is that uh, there false demand equals unreasonable prices. So if you want to get involved in the secondary market, there is a lot of false demand out there. And that's a reality of the situation because of these fireballs, because of these buybacks. And you very well could be paying way more money than the true market value of that price. And you're not gonna find out until later. And so that's one of the things that makes me hesitant about somebody saying, hey, I wanna get involved in the secondary. The other thing is, is that if you get involved in the secondary, you're gonna miss, miss out on the thrill of the hunt. Now, you, you, you may be in a place where I am and I've gotten busy enough with the podcast and other things that I really don't have time to do all the hunting that I used to, but when I was new and I had that time, I really did enjoy it. I enjoyed the people that I met, I enjoyed the relationships, and that thrill of, you know, when it finally pays off and the manager goes, you know what, I do have something for you in the back, and comes out, and you're standing there and you know they're gonna give you a great bottle, but sometimes they bring stuff out that's not that great, and there's all this anticipation, then they get the ball out and boom, it's the very thing you've been looking for. That's a lot of fun, and you're gonna miss out on that if you get involved in the secondary market. Uh, another thing to take into consideration is that there are fake bottles on the secondary. And so while the community does a pretty good job at policing that, and when they catch somebody, they punish them and all of that stuff, at the end of the day, you could be at risk of spending a lot of money on some fake whiskey. So while I've never heard of somebody being prosecuted for a transaction that they engaged on on Facebook, I've really only heard of prosecutions from transactions on, on uh, Craigslist. It is illegal. Um, I, I don't think that there's gonna be a wide scale pursuit of people that have engaged in these secondary transactions, mainly because there's so many and there's only so many government resources and they turned a blind eye to it for so long, uh, but you don't wanna be the one. And so keep that in mind. So if this is the first time that you watch my show, I'd like to tell you a little bit about my channel philosophy. We're all about bringing people together around brown spirits, right? So whiskey has this amazing power to draw people together. And that's super important to me because I lost a loved one to suicide in 2014. And in the aftermath of that, I started to realize that there are probably people all around me, all around you, who are feeling alone and separated and not connected. And in the years following, I did also start to notice that whiskey seems to combat that because whiskey brings people together, sometimes people together that are of different ideological views uh, that would probably never have formed any sort of personal relationship, but they have the connection to whiskey. And that, that was enough uh, for them to start to get to know each other. And I thought that was beautiful. So I had the thought that maybe if I started a podcast and I help people get connected to whiskey, the whiskey would do the rest of the work and get those people connected to others so that they didn't feel alone and so that they knew that they were a part of community and that they knew that they were loved. The other thing that I noticed online is that there are sometimes people who will be very hateful to people who have different ideological views than them on social media. And it made me realize that if they can hate that person that they don't really know on social media, it's just as easy for me to love them. And that's why I sign off every podcast the same way, and that's this. If you woke up this morning and you were unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you. And I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk.
I also have a little song that I sing them uh, when it's time for dinner. Um, <laughs> the title of the song is All Kinds of Pupper Food Games. Um, okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, they, they, they get pretty hyped about that. Um, but sadly, it's, it's, uh, it's an offshoot from the Hodge Twins talking about games. And I am a meathead and go to the gym, so I talk about games to the dogs. I'm not even sure they speak English, people. I mean, they seem very confused by the whole concept. Mm-hmm.